What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamal K. Davis here with you. I hope you're doing well. We're going to talk about the National Football League. Uh, we are headed into week 12. And, uh, yeah, there's a certain quarterback that is getting ready to take the field. And I wonder if you are ready for it. And we'll also talk about uh, the Steelers-Colts game a little bit and some other things in the National Football League. And Sean Taylor. We got to get to Sean Taylor. In the National Basketball Association, there's one team that I told you to look out for. Look out for. And they are making some noise. And you may have missed out on your chance to get them at a bargain. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just hyping them up. Maybe I'm just hyping them up. We'll talk about that as well. But we're going to start with the World Cup. And I'm I'm probably in the minority here, but I am completely confused. And maybe it's more because I just never want to learn what, how it's, it, the system is set up with with wins, losses, and draws, and point differential, and all of this stuff. That I'm just like, look, can we just say one team wins and one team loses, and that's how we determine who actually is a winner? Because as I was watching games, uh, and not fully watching, watching, because I am working, but. You know, I was on text with with family members like, oh, snap, this is happening, that's happening. You know, there was a couple of offsides calls. I was like, this doesn't make any sense how this was offsides. And I just think in the end, I am just really annoyed with how soccer is judged. And the biggest one for me yesterday was in the Brazil-Switzerland game. And I hope today's games are going to be better. And they won't. But like one of the offsides plays uh, that negated the first goal for Brazil, I, I, I just didn't see it. I just, to me, it was just ridiculous. And then my dad's like, no, the offside call was correct. Uh, you can't be offside, then run on to be actively involved in the play. Uh, my brother said the same thing, that the offside player impacted the play. And I just, I don't know. Like, for one, I've said before, just get rid of offsides. On defense, just play better defense. I know people are probably going to kill me online, you know for me being probably in the minority of saying it. But I just thought the play was ridiculous. Bottom line, if you watch the play, even if he was offsides, when he got on sides, he didn't even really touch the ball. The ball went past him and the defender, and they're like, oh, well, he technically tripped the defender when he got back on sides. I'm like, but the bottom line is he was on sides when he tripped him. 
Like, it doesn't matter. The whole thing was ridiculous. The goal should have been scored. And as I think about the games that are going to come up today, I'm just like, I, I'm just frustrated by it. I'm frustrated by that, and I'm frustrated by the ties. I don't want a tie. I don't want to think England, oh, whatever, we don't have to beat USA. Or USA is like, oh, we don't have to win. We could just hope they don't score and we'll just settle for a tie and maybe we'll win the next one when it's like the last ditch effort to try to win. I don't want that either. The game should just be about winning and losing and that's it. You get a point if you win. You don't get a point if you lose. And I'm okay with the point differential to determine first place and second place. But if you just said, no, you have to win or lose to stay in the tournament, to advance to the first round from the beginning, I don't think that will hurt anybody. I think you should go right to penalty kicks instead of having two 15-minute overtimes and extending the game a whole nother hour. I think that's ridiculous, but I think if you think about the rest and then the stoppage time and all that stuff, it ends up being an extra hour before they even get to penalty kicks. Maybe you can make it a thing where, okay, if you win in regulation, you get four points. If you win by penalty kicks, you only get three points, and maybe that incentivizes teams to win in regulation. But I don't like the 15-minute overtimes either. So I know that means, oh, well, you like this, you don't like that. Yes, it's going to take some tweaking, but I'm just annoyed, annoyed to no end by offsides and ties. I want to do away with both of them. That being said, I'm kind of enjoying the World Cup. I mean, it's happening when I'm at work, so I'm not really able to watch. Who is able to watch? No one's really able to watch. Well, maybe some people are. Maybe they're taking off or they have a TV on while they work because people work from home. So that's a possibility. Brazil's still one in the end, so whatever. Whatever it is. Ronaldo didn't score yesterday. It was ruled that he never hit the ball. And of course, he, dude, that's the only thing. Like, I like Ronaldo. I do, but there's also a part where it's like, dude, you know that ball didn't hit you on the head. Just stop. Stop acting like you scored that goal and be happy for your teammate. That's what you should have done. That's really what you should have done. But it was good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the games. I will say that I'm enjoying the games. I didn't get to see much of it, but Ghana won Cameroon with a tie, which I don't like ties. Brazil beat Switzerland and Portugal beat Uruguay. So it was, it was a good day. There are other leagues still playing, but Everybody's only watching FIFA. I'm still curious how it does competing against the National Football League because there are some games at 1 o'clock. Um, I have not seen anything, at least on the surface, that says that there's a rating shift, um, realistically. Um, 
and I'm sure they're astronomical, but just curious how they're doing against uh, the NFL. Maybe we'll see numbers by next week. I mean, true numbers that kind of show the difference, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're enjoying it more. Maybe you are taking the time to actually watch the games, but I realize I like FIFA, but I'm not like, oh, I missed the game, so let me go watch the highlights. Because realistically, in soccer, the oohs and ahs for almost goals, I don't know. I mean, I guess to an extent you do that in football or basketball. You do. But then when I hear people making excuses for, oh, there isn't much scoring in games. Oh, but it's really about the beauty of the game and the passes. Like, no, you you want to see the scores. So in basketball and football and hockey, you want to see them score. Maybe, oh, because they didn't, because, you know, they didn't catch that alley-oop or the slap shot missed. Okay, you do get that. But I want more scoring. And, and I know that's probably really American of me to say that, but I want more scoring. Now, the big story that I'm saving for the end of the World Cup is USA. This is, speaking of what bothers me the most about ties and offsides and all of that stuff. Um, now we're in a situation where USA has to win or go home. This is it. I... I like the situation that they're in and that, okay, they have a chance to move on if they win. Um, but they are very, they're, they're a young team. There's some off the field tension between Iran and U.S. and the teams, you know, that may spill over a little bit onto the pitch. It might. It very well might. But USA is in trouble. They are in big trouble. And realistically, if we're, if we're, whew, man. When Iran won that two nothing game over Wells, I said, oh boy, this isn't good for USA. Cause Iran just needs a tie. And I, oh man, it's, it's. To think that Iran beat USA the last time they were, they played each other. I'm sure they're going to talk about that, but that was so long ago. But this game means everything. This game means everything. And USA, yes, they are a young team, and this is their chance to either take uh, that next step as a young team or bow out and think about, okay, we'll be a little more mature four years from now. Uh, that's good. That's going to be the, the key here. And I, I just think that's going to be really tough for them. That's going to be really tough. But I'll be rooting for them. And I know you will be too. I'm going to move on to the NBA. And I'll end on the NFL. Because I can't contain my excitement. For one team. And I told you. I said you gotta make this pick. But. 
They're getting better and better. And I know it's a long shot. But the team that I am like, okay, watch out for them are the New Orleans Pelicans. Watch out for the New Orleans Pelicans. They're at 30 to 1 to win the NBA championship. To win the Western Conference. They are at 13 to 1. And then to win their division, they're plus 200, right behind the Grizzlies. They are a solid basketball team. They are well-rounded. And you need to watch out. They're two games behind the Phoenix Suns for first place. Okay, they don't have the MVP in Nikola Jokic for the Denver Nuggets. They Devin Booker may be younger. And they do have DeAndre Ayton. And when Chris Paul gets back, it probably will change the game a little bit. But the upstart team that I think is a sleeper, a true sleeper pick is the New Orleans Pelicans. And they sit in third place right now. Granted, it's only 12 and 8. They're only 500 on the road. They're 7 and 3 in their last 10. And when they are healthy, tell me you wouldn't pick a team that has Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum as like your main scorers. But they got a good young core and bench too. That's the funny thing. They got a decent center in Jonas Valanciunas. But they got the young guys, Jose Alvarado. He's kind of in the middle there. Jackson Hayes. Herbert Jones. I mean, there, there's some there's something brewing in New Orleans that I think if you are looking for a long shot for any one of those, win the conference, win the championship, and win their division isn't really a long shot since it's only plus 200. But that's the team I'm keeping an eye on. That's the team that I'm like, watch out. Now, yes, there are a lot of other teams that could rise to the top or stay where they are if you're the Phoenix Suns. But the Denver Nuggets, uh, the LA Clippers, if they ever get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the court together and for an extended period of time, the Golden State Warriors, watch out, they've won three in a row. They won't be at 500 for long. But what you're going to see through the course of the season is the cream will rise to the top. Utah Jazz, that was always like, okay, they're doing well at the start, but they've lost five in a row, and that probably means, uh-oh, we may need a star. We don't quite have the ability to, well, they obviously have not been able to sustain that championship level of play 
per se. But when you look at this team, were they ever really? I mean, you think about it. Colin Sexton, they were like, okay, yeah, we're willing to give him up. We got something better. We'll take Donovan Mitchell. And Jordan Clarkson, uh, you know, they don't quite have what I think New Orleans has in the end. That's where it is. And there's a reason that they've lost five in a row. And those five were two of the teams that they need to find a way to beat. Clippers, Golden State, Phoenix. But they also mixed in a loss there to Detroit and Chicago at home. So they got to try to turn it around, but they've already dropped to 500. Just near 500, rather. And maybe it isn't quite panic mode for the Jazz. But in my mind, I would think it is. I'm like, man, you lose five in a row. It's like, okay, yeah, we thought we were something that we're not. That's where I think they are. They're two and eight in their last 10. And you look at a team like the Dallas Mavericks. They've lost four in a row, three and seven. But most would say, yeah, they probably need to elevate. They'll probably end up in that playoff hunt. Maybe they're in the play-in tournament or in the actual playoffs. But realistically, in the end, it's like one of those teams between the Kings, Warriors, Jazz, Timberwolves is probably not going to make the playoffs if the Mavericks are going to turn it around. But I don't necessarily think they will. I feel like the Mavericks are centered around Luka Doncic, and that's kind of it. And Luka's all right. But Christian Wood... And Spencer Dinwiddie, Davis Bertans, Tim Hardaway Jr. They gotta they gotta produce more. They've gotta be. There's something missing there in the end, is what's happening in Dallas. So if there's another team that I'm like, uh, maybe this isn't exactly working out the way we thought it would. I mean, granted, they're only 9 and 10, but, man. That's just simply not good. In the East, I don't know if anybody's in or should be in panic mode anymore. I feel like things are settling in where you expect them to. If there's one team that I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't what where we thought we were based off of last year, that is. I would say it's the Chicago Bulls. 9 and 11. They're 4 and 6 in their last 10. They're just simply not where they should be. The Hawks were a little more surprising to me. Um, if DeJonta Murray and Trey Young can be that tandem with the team they have, they're all right. They're, the kids will be all right. 
Brooklyn Nets, I mean, yeah, we're a little worried about them, but they are the Brooklyn Nets, and they just always have drama, I feel like. That's that's the issue there. That's the issue there. But I am enjoying the season in the end. Moving on to the National Football League. I shouldn't have doubted Mike Tomlin, the Steelers, yesterday. You know, I think they're... They're uh, good people on both sides, if you will, to not... I probably shouldn't have used that term. But just Saturday, yeah, they maybe had a chance to win that, and they didn't. And I thought that the Colts were going to win. Um, But they ended up losing. They had timeouts at the end of the game that they maybe should have used. They were down by a touchdown. They had all three times out, timeout, excuse me. Um, and they just didn't do it. Not that they would have necessarily won, so I'm not going to put it on clock management per se. All right, it wasn't great, but that was it. That was it. And did Kenny Pickett look great? No. But they beat a team they needed to beat, and they still have a chance to at least maybe finish the season at 500. That would be nice. That'd be really nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think it can happen. I think it could potentially happen. The other games that I watched on Sunday... So, uh, Eagles beating the Packers, great. I mean, I won that in my picks. I don't like the whole, oh, Aaron Rodgers is making an apology for not finishing the game. Don't apologize to your coach. Come on. I mean, I'm just saying, like, we know you don't like your coach. This, uh, that's a sham. He's such, ugh. 49ers blank the Saints. The big surprise to me of the entire weekend was the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Baltimore Ravens. Something's not going right in Baltimore. Something simply is not going right in Baltimore. And I just don't know what it is. I enjoyed... um, Well, enjoy is not the right word. Um, I like when a team from the AFC North, um, when, when there's like competition and there's playoffs that are at stake and I feel like that's just because Cleveland and Pittsburgh are so far down, it's really a two team race between Baltimore and Cincinnati. It's just not as exciting for me and I had you know a little bit of a personal stake in the AFC North um but that was one where you always felt like any given season there were like three or four of the teams that were fighting for a spot now it's the AFC East New England is in last place but they're really only two games behind Miami 
They're six and five. Miami's eight and three with Buffalo at eight and three and the Jets at seven and four in the middle. But the rest of the AFC is just kind of like, eh, yeah. The same can't quite be said for the NFC East because, you know, yes, Philly has a two-game lead on Dallas, but Dallas, the Giants, and Washington are vying for a spot. Um, But, like, NFC West hasn't really panned out. You've got San Francisco and Seattle, and that's pretty much it. Arizona and the Rams are done in my mind. NFC South, yes, two games separate first and last place, but none of the teams are over 500. Tampa Bay's five and six, Atlanta's five and seven, Carolina's four and eight, and New Orleans is four and eight. So it's really the AFC East and the NFC East that have the best, um, the most drama as you as you're going into. The, I mean, it's not quite a, quite near the stretch run, but I feel like we've reached the midway point of the season. And I think that's where things start to ramp up in um, in the divisional race. Now, granted, when you look at the wild card, yes, there adds some drama to it, but I'm kind of looking at the conference races right now. I'm kind of looking at the conference races right now. Now, the last two things, the last thing I want to talk about with the NFL is the Sean Taylor thing. So there was a Sean Taylor tribute in the Washington Commander Stadium. And there were some fans that were like, hey, he deserves more than a wire mannequin, as they are calling him. Or calling it, rather, excuse me. That they wanted a statue. But then at the same time, you got... Sean Taylor's family saying that they were happy with it. I'd like to try to think that it was an artistic decision to try to do something different. Now, granted, if you wanted to build a statue statue, you know, I don't know how far in advance they could have thought about it. But Sunday's this last Sunday's game was a 15th anniversary of the day that Sean Taylor was killed in Miami. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could see why you're like, hey, it's just uniforms and cleats. And maybe maybe it's kind of what uh, they're going to end up saying, well, we're going to do a statue anyway, but it was going to take more time to do that. But I mean, people were just critiquing the jersey that it's 
Nike branded, which isn't historical. Uh, the shoes are black Adidas soccer cleats. And while even Sean Taylor's family members said he, he did wear soccer cleats, they were not the cleats that are on this wire mannequin because those are World Cup soccer cleats. Um, and then the fact that the face mask was not taped, which is something that uh, Taylor would do frequently. And when the criticism for how they put the event together I think there's definitely something lacking from the organization to understand how important Sean Taylor is to the community and that if you are going to do something, I too agree that it probably should be a statue. But the bashing of Washington, I would say, is a bit much. Sean Taylor's half-brother said, I'm fine with it. Jamal Johnson's his half-brother. He's like, I'm fine with it because TMZ caught up with him. It was an honor. And maybe this is just one step in the process. And they'll get it right. No organization gets it perfect. And I also think that there is a part of me that's probably, I'm not even going to say I'm in a minority on it, but Sean Taylor does mean a lot to Washington. But if it wasn't, if nothing was done, then I would say, okay, there, there was an egregious error. Error, excuse me. To me, I want to, something is better than nothing. And we can all be critics of it. But this is what they did. And let's try our best to relish in that, if you will. Can we do that? Please? Maybe? Maybe. I'm going to do it. Even if you're not. Even if you're not. What you are going to do is hopefully find a place to be able to watch USA Soccer tomorrow. I hope that they can get the win. Because if they don't, oof, they're a young team. But that's going to be bad. But this podcast was good. Hope you enjoyed it too. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke. Enjoy the World Cup. Talk soon. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. 
can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the prize picks app today.